and welcome once again to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 12, guys. Heart to heart prayer with Carolyn. Uh, Carolyn is Lori's... Uh, what is Carolyn to you, Lori? So Carolyn was uh, my counselor, and she's been a mentor and a board member and a friend, and she goes to our church now, and she was referred to lovingly, I spoke at Wheaton this last week, as my spiritual Dumbledore. Uh, <laughs> so we've taken a few weeks off of not talking about Harry Potter, so it's back now. Uh, <laughs> we can't get away from it's about it. about time. I've been missing it. I know, right? You know, I, I got to be honest. I what? take umbrage with calling uh, her your spiritual Dumbledore. Seriously? Serious, serious, Matt. <laughs> anyway, wow. welcome, Carolyn. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Lori. Glad yeah. to be here. <laughs> we're so glad to have you. I I knew when we did this, started this podcast, you were one. I was like, we got to get Carolyn in the room, and so it really. Whenever I describe you, Carolyn, and I know you're gonna just say, oh, oh, stop it. But it's I always am like, she just walks with God. Like wherever you go, you carry the Spirit of God with you, and I'm so grateful for that. I know you feel embarrassed, but I'm just saying it. So I'm super excited to have her here. Um, I'm excited to talk about some of our relationship and, and bless some of you with, um, really, it's Jesus in her uh, that you get to hear. So we're going to start off with the question of the week, and we're talking about prayer today uh, with Carolyn. So let's talk about prayer from the past. What was y'all's experience with prayer growing up? You couldn't really eat before doing it. Oh. <laughs> that, that was that was a majority of my experience growing yeah. up. I mean, I, I, being involved in the church, there was, you know, prayer was a part of life, but it was always kind of seen as this rote, um, memorized thing. You know, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food or good night. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm going oh, to bed yeah. prayer. Like it, mm-hmm. it wasn't, I never saw it as this like active conversation mm-hmm. with God, which is something that I learned much later in life. I agree. That was the same for me, Matt. But at age 12, that's when um, my dad invited me to ask the Lord to come into my heart. Mm. And now, um, so that was my biggest memory of praying with my dad. But I learned from my mentor, Terry Wardell, that it was actually the other way around. Mm. The Lord was inviting me to come into his heart. Mm. And and embrace him. So I didn't have that understanding at all till many years later. And you see why we have her on the podcast. Yeah. I'm already like, that's really good. Thank you. <laughs> How about you, Steve? I um, Similar to Matt, it was kind of like we do it before we eat and kind of this idea of say your prayers at bedtime. Uh, and I, I do remember our family would get together me and my two sisters, my parents, and my dad would ask, you know, what are your prayer requests? And, uh, you know, it was usually just about, I've got a test tomorrow, or, you know, we're praying for my mom's aunt so-and-so that we've never actually met, but, you know, she's uh, got health issues. And it was, you know, so we did that together as a family, but in terms of just in my own personal relationship with God, yeah, I was kind of on my own and I, I, I knew there were things I'm supposed to say, but there were also these deep kind of questions of my heart that I didn't even really know that I was praying, but stuff like, are you there? Do you care? You know, I, I think that I had that even at a young age, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was just like this kind of question that I would have in my internal kind of processing. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. I didn't know I was praying because mm. I thought the same sort of thing. Because I did have like the rote ones that you do, but I, I, I had such an awareness of God, which I really think comes from my mom. I'm, she was such a gift of teaching us how to pray. Uh, she prayed 
all the time, like in the grocery store and Lord, what should I do about this? Like her conversation today with God is is constant. And I used to be like, you know, she'd say this, help me Jesus with the 12 kids. And now I've got two and I do the help me Jesus. <laughs> like all I'm like, oh, it's so just make it to bedtime. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that legacy of um, my mom, just like, she just always prayed. And so it's just, it was not weird to just begin constant conversation with God. All right, we all get on the, are we, t- do we take a boat to Goofball Island? Or a plane? I think it's like a hover car. A hover? Yeah, why not? Right? It's not the Hogwarts Express? Oh, it's the Hogwarts Express. <laughs> this week, for sure. This week, this week. Yes. This week it is. Okay, we're getting on the Hogwarts Express and going to Goofball Island. Okay, so here we are. And uh, what is one thing that you did as a kid that you wish you hadn't quit doing? I mean, we all have those things. Like, you started doing it, and you're like, man, if, if only I'd done that, I would be in the Olympics. Hula hoop. <laughs> I was on the front page of the Grand Rapids Press at what? 12 doing the most hula hoop rounds. Really? What? You guys even know what a hula hoop I do. is. Yeah. We do. We do. <laughs> so if I had continued that, you know, I think I'd be a lot more fun because it was fun. <laughs> For me, um, I used to swim like crazy when I was a kid. When I was a kid, we had this pool where my dad worked that we could go to every single day of the summer. And we did. Oh, yeah. And I was like a fish. And now I I still like the idea of swimming, but it's not practical. There's no pool. Right. I'm this middle-aged guy with, you know, dad bod. I'm not going to like, <laughs> is that okay to say? Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I would probably just keep a t-shirt on now if I was to do it. And so I'm really embarrassed right now. But that's <laughs> where I feel like I, it's not because, oh, I would be some Michael Phelps or whatever. I would just, it was just so fun. Right. As a kid. Right, right. And also I feel like I've got like ear plugged up issues now that I didn't have when I was a kid, like um, with water and all that. So anyway, so I just, if you had I, kept swimming, the chlorine would have kind of kept you I guess, cleaned out or something. maybe, or who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just it. wish that I still could. I feel you. Yeah. For me, it's ballet. I did a lot of dance. I started it when I was three. I did ballet and tap and jazz. And I did that through eighth grade. And, and then I just didn't try anymore, you know, and then I, I didn't, I could have kept going and I just stopped. So now I have a three-year-old who I put into ballet and there's times she's like, I just don't want to go. And I'm like, oh, Lori, don't force her. You're going to wound her. <laughs> but I know she really likes it. So I'm like doing this, all this internal wrestling of, but, but me. And then I'm like, don't live vicariously through your kids. And uh, it's hard to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Matt. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was definitely soccer. Um, it was probably the the biggest regret I had in life. This is Goofball Island. I'm talking about regrets. <laughs> I know. Shoot. <laughs> Something seems off. But no, I, I just really, I really loved playing soccer. I loved, like my dad was one of my coaches and all this kind of stuff. And it was just really a good time of, of team and camaraderie and, and everything. But kind of gave it up in junior high when I went through a season of giving up a lot of things. Um and yeah, really kind of wish I hadn't done that. It was mm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That is sad. This is a little bit of sad of goofball, mm. but we'll get into that later. They've got adult leagues. Yeah, they do. Maybe that would be a little goofy, but not because you're actually very good at most all the sports. Yeah, the sports is a forte of mine. Yeah. 
So I need to put a little plug for Goofball Island. My friend Bethany Sanderson gave me the idea for that question at Our Daily Bread. So if you guys have ideas for us for where we can travel and questions we can answer, if you could email us at podcast at himhministries.com, that would be great because I'm just coming up with these ideas, or we are, yeah. and they're decent, but we could we could use y'all's help. So just things that we could discuss and talk about that are slightly not super serious. Clarifying question. Does yeah. it have to be questions for Goofball Island, or is it... Could they send like the, the question of the week questions oh, as well? Oh, yeah, please, please. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks, Bethany. And whoever's up next, I'll, I'll give you a shout out as well. <laughs> All right. Now, here we go to the heart of the matter. Um, and Matt's actually going to be doing some counseling of Carolyn and I, not really, but just interviewing of us about our relationship and talking about some of this heart to heart prayer. And then just how can you find your own spiritual Dumbledore? Uh, well, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Well, and so Carolyn, I... Obviously, before I ever met you, I, I had heard so much about your involvement in Lori's life and the effect, that, the profound effect that you had on her in this really pivotal transitional time when she was really wrestling with a lot. And so what was it like being Lori's counselor? It was wonderful. Um, we had a good connection and I felt very comfortable with her. I didn't feel I had an agenda for her. Um, I was listening and trying to hear her heart, where it was disconnected with life and where pain had settled in. But just the experience itself was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't pay her to say that. Thanks, Carol. Well, and I, and I know that, I mean, obviously I know that Lori is a very introspective, deep person. And as a counselor, it's a joy to work with some of those clients, um, you know, because it makes our job a lot more fun when we feel like there's something happening. Right. Um, but for you, I mean, when, when you looked at Lori, when you saw that these places of, of brokenness that she was dealing with, were there certain techniques, were there certain things that you really focused on in in your work with Lori that were things that that she needed that brought her out of the place of questioning that she was in. Before you answer that, I'm going to jump in and just to give some context about where I was in my life when I met with Carolyn. So this was, if you ever heard me give my testimony, this is a place um, where I had graduated from uh, university and I was a full-time newspaper reporter and I thought every minute of every day that a a woman was the answer for me or I was going to kill myself. And I actually cared less about my sexuality. Like that was just kind of like there. And I really just wondered if there was anything I could do with this like crazy pain in my chest. And um, like I, I said at the Wheaton talk, I... Um, a chapel, you can find that on our website, the talk. Um, I said, if you cut me open, I remember saying this to you, I would, there would be chopped meat inside. And I just went to Carol and I was like, is there anything that you can do for me? Like I was, I was so <laughs> desperate. And um, I just remember you were just so calm and just so like, you weren't afraid. And I was like, and I, you know, I've been with a woman, like all of these different things. And you, there's no flinching like your eyes didn't like be like oh no I actually don't know what to do with that you were just like okay I know where to go here and it wasn't like you didn't take me on any reparative therapy avenue orientation change we didn't even talk about that it was like the sexuality piece was not even in in front of our faces it was just like I was bleeding out and you were like let me lean in so Matt to your question you talked about essentially what did you do then what technique 
essentially, right? Yeah, and, and not that it's like a formula, but I mean, obviously you saw some places of weakness in, in Lori that needed to be strengthened in her belief and in areas of her life. And so I guess for you, when, as Lori puts it, she's bleeding out mm-hmm. and you're her triage nurse, <laughs> you know, what was the first thing you decided? Like, this is what we need to work on. And how did you know? Well, Matt, um, I always pray with and before we begin in a session, asking the Holy Spirit to guide. And because I know that I don't know the answer. I mean, I don't know even the path, but I have tools that I can take with me on the journey of walking with somebody. But basically, um, it's not my job to change a person. I don't have an agenda to take them from point A to B, and that's going to be a fix. I don't even think like that. I just think about where is this person in pain? How did they get there? What is their belief system? That uh, What are the core longings that they um, didn't have met? And how are they fulfilling those longings? Because now they're here in my office and it's obviously not working. Mm-hmm. It's broken. So um, what they were using for that fix um, is something that's not fulfilling at the time or they wouldn't be sitting before mm-hmm. me. Yeah, if everything was working, they wouldn't be coming right. into your office. And so, so I think all of us, Matt, really are looking and longing for a safe place we're, we're needing someone to hear us beyond just say, oh, that's nice, and then walk away. Um, so my intentionality is to be present, fully present, mm-hmm. and a safe person for them. No matter what is said to me, they have my unconditional love mm-hmm. and acceptance. And I think in that environment, uh, a person can feel you know, comfortable and loved. Mm-hmm. And that is something we all long for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're created for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Lori, I'm going to turn it kind of to you, but Carolyn talks about this unconditional love and acceptance that, that she was portraying to you. Um, can you talk about, cause I know that there was some, the, the relationship that you had with your with your girlfriend Mm -hmm. immediately before that, that was something that you weren't open to sharing with a lot of people. So what, how did you know Carolyn was safe? I didn't know Carolyn was safe. Like I remember before I even met with you one-on-one, I like on the phone, like very timidly was like, so this is what I wrestle with. And this is, I don't know. I I just didn't know. I didn't know anything about her. I'm like, is that intimidate you? And she goes, she just like did this like light laugh, not at me, but just like, no, like, she's like, yes, I have worked with people where, where that's part of their story, but it it wasn't in this like, um, well, I don't know. I got to go check the DSM a second. It was just like, uh, no, no anxiety about it. And so that like was my first indicator that I could at least like make it through the door. (laughs) And then (laughs) when I sat, like the environment was really peaceful. And then she just like leaned in. And then what you just said, Carolyn, that love that you just said, I felt that love. And that prayer that you pray over that room, I felt that love because of the prayer. Like we, prayer's always such a last resort when it's like, that's the thing. That's like the whole thing is that we're inadequate. And I've said that, like, you know, inadequate in the sense that we're not the smartest one in the room. And I could tell you were relying on something greater than yourself. And that helped me to feel mm-hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Prayer is not something that's just like a, let's start the session, let's end the session. It's interspersed. Mm-hmm. It almost is the session, it yeah. seems like. Um, tell me more about the, the way that, that prayer is so central to the way that you counsel. Well, I think it goes to a deep longing that I have that my clients find the type of relationship where the Lord can be that safe place for them. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be that person and desire that um, but I don't, I don't speak that out. I just want to um, find out the places where their relationship with God has become not helpful, not useful, not practical, and certainly not meaningful. And mm-hmm. so for most people that come to me, you know, God is the farthest thing from their mind. They're hurting so badly. They think God's a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so um, it takes several sessions to really get to know um, how is your relationship with God? How do you feel about him? Um, What are the blocks when you think of sharing your biggest pain with him? What comes to mind? How are you feeling um, sharing and opening your heart? Well, most people say, I've never done it. It's really hard. It's scary. Mm-hmm. And besides, I didn't have anybody safe growing up. So therefore, I think God isn't safe mm-hmm. for me to really do that. So they've had a prayer life that has been a head relationship mm-hmm. of praying for mama, daddy, Aunt Susie, you know, a, a job, a college to go to, things out there, mm-hmm. but not God, do you care for my gut? What's happening in my heart right now? And how do I know that you care? And can you talk back to me? Can you, can you handle my anger? Can you let me be really disappointed in you and still loved by you? And all those things were were where I was a number of years ago in a depression because I thought God didn't hear me and God was far away. So when I had somebody say to me at that time, Carolyn, are you disappointed with God? Wow. And I burst into tears wow. and I said, that's the word. Wow. That's the word. But I didn't know my own heart. Yeah. I didn't have the words and the vocabulary because I grew up with a a full body, but a a broken heart that was closed off to God and to other people because I I wasn't safe mm-hmm. in my emotions. Be able to be invited into a relationship of closeness. So I developed this facade of performing and pleasing, um, and I thought that that's who I really was, but mm-hmm. it was merely a way to get by in the world mm-hmm. and, um, and learn how to artificially meet something that was not going to last, and that's unconditional love and acceptance mm-hmm. and significance and I wanted to be seen. I wanted to belong. Belonging was mm-hmm. a huge one yeah, for me. Huge. And and all these things I tried to find in achievements and service for God and, you know, relationships uh, especially. So 
when none of those things worked anymore and they all started crumbling one by one, then I began this, God, I'm angry with you. Nothing is working in my life. And of course, hello, I didn't really have a connection with him. I was looking for that connection Mm -hmm. through all these other means Mm -hmm. that worked for a fair amount of time (laughs) in my life. And, And then gradually, one by one, they were falling apart. Mm -hmm. So that's my short story of how to find that kind of intimacy. So when when you're shifting from this seeking worth and value and belonging and and all of these core longings that we have and and all these external things and and rightfully place it on a relationship with our creator, you know, you you talked about one thing, like expressing almost your disappointment with God. Like, even now, I'm like, are you allowed to be disappointed in God? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you are. Now, that doesn't make it right, like that mm-hmm. our view is 100% correct, mm-hmm. but because God is perfect, but you need to be able to express that mm-hmm. with him. And, and so how did you start to have this heart-to-heart, like real expression of your heart to God, instead of this surface level, God, help me with the test and with... Aunt Susie and all these other things, you know, how did that begin to shift? Well, for me, um, probably about 10, 12 years ago, I decided one Christmas to to ask God, I want to give you my honesty. I want to become an honest person. That's my Christmas gift to you, Lord. I didn't have a clue what I was praying and telling him about because I was just the opposite. You know, I didn't even know what true my true heart was. Mm-hmm. So he began to um, give me permission through other people. When I was going through a health crisis, um, a man, a doctor said, you know, you have permission to be disappointed with God about this. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, a help. And I just, again, here's somebody validating my disappointment and saying, you know, this is something that I might be feeling. So it there are certain people in my life, Terry is one, certainly, and that help me. Wardle yeah, Terry Wardle. Seminary, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as I began to get in touch with that, then I realized I had a whole bunch of beliefs about God that were coming from my past that weren't anything to do with who he really was. Mm -hmm. But because I've had certain experiences, I labeled that, well, God must feel this way Mm -hmm. also about Mm -hmm. me, whether it was rejection or abandonment or feeling unloved. I just said, I just plopped all those things right on God. Mm. And so obviously it made me afraid to pray. It made me feel disconnected from him. But by starting to open my heart, and one was a a body outline that I know we did in healing care, but to put the lies on a piece of paper that you believed, not only about yourself in your heart, but about what you believed about Mm -hmm. God. And that was my breakthrough, my biggest breakthrough, going from my conscious to the unconscious part of me mm-hmm. and writing out those things. I believe that God is this mm-hmm. and this, and I believe I am this and this and this. And I started owning what was really in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was like, 
light bulbs were going off and the Lord held me and just literally said, I've been waiting for you to see this. Mm. And I love you. Mm. I am the one that accepts you and knows your worth and knows your value. Mm -hmm. And you've been looking in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I owned that, he just flooded into my heart. And I was never the same after that Mm -hmm. point because I had been looking in all these other places and they were failing me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to have that realization that I could say that to him and I wasn't struck down, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it was so freeing. Mm -hmm. And then it's just been growing Mm -hmm. that day to day kind Mm -hmm. of experience. Part of it was learning centering prayer, which is being still Mm -hmm. and then allowing the spirit to begin to get me in touch with my emotions again, because Mm -hmm. once you've shut these things off you have to be willing to say lord will you come and open my heart today because mm-hmm. i can't even do that you know mm-hmm. even though i've done it in the past it isn't always just there and easy mm-hmm. it 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 is a new permission i've got to get to the lord to help me open my heart to those places of pain mm-hmm. and Things as as current as today, you know, let let me feel what I'm feeling now, write it out. Sometimes writing is really helpful and then speaking it back to the Lord. Hmm. So I have a lot of my clients do writing and do journaling, Mm -hmm. giving them permission. A notebook is a safe place. Hmm. You know, you're not going to put it in front of anybody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're going to bring it to, you know, the person that you're working with. And or any safe person, it doesn't even have to be a professional counselor. Mm -hmm. If you have any safe person in your life Mm. that you can say, you know, I I wrote out some feelings and I wondered if you'd just be present while I read this to the Lord. And I've done that several times in my life. I just wanted to talk about one piece that Carolyn really um, taught me in the midst of my recognition Actually, I wasn't even able to recognize that I, too, was running to a bunch of different things. It was just kind of like I was this ball of pain. <laughs> she could see it. I don't know if any of you guys have been in that place. You're like, I have no awareness of where I am right now. I do, all I know is pain. Mm-hmm. And um, But Carolyn, because she had done her own work and because she was so close to God and she could just be like, okay, this she's got need and she's running to different things. It's the same story as the prodigal. It's the gospel over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't see outside of my own life. And so what helped me was exactly that, like encouraging me to journal. And thankfully, I already was a journaler um, mm-hmm. and I had given myself permission to write whatever mm-hmm. I wanted to. And I would bring that in to Carolyn. But like, I didn't really realize I could also write that ugly stuff, I guess, like the angry disappointment toward God and that like she wouldn't smite me and neither would God. <laughs> like I wouldn't get in trouble in counseling. Um, but what she really did, Carolyn, what you did was um, provide that safe place for me to bring my rip to shreds heart. And one of the places that we did that was in this heart to heart prayer. Um, so could you just describe that a little bit? And then I want to close after that, like with just like, how do you find your own spiritual Dumbledore? (laughs) But really, like, what is that heart to heart prayer? And why is it so critical for, 
I don't know, clients to like be able to pray there in that Mm -hmm. space. Well, I think if you're in touch with where you're hurting and you can articulate it, whether it's in writing or verbally, Mm -hmm. then it has to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And the only person that can handle what's in in our hearts is God. Mm -hmm. Because he made us to have that kind of intimacy with him. So to me... It is all about intimacy. And if I hide my heart, in fact, did you guys know that there are two, over 200 verses about the heart, mm-hmm. everything to do with the heart, and yet who, who knows their own heart, mm-hmm. you know, or what to do with it? Right. And say, you know, the Lord is, is always inviting us to, to bring our hearts to him. He wants our full heart. Mm-hmm. So he's inviting that. And once we open ourselves to either read what we've written, mm-hmm. just just to say, Lord, will you come here and, and meet in my safe place? It might be your bedroom. It might be with a friend. It might be a place you met as a child on the beach or in a park or someplace where you could be totally alone and safe. In, a safe, in this safe place you're talking about, this is like a place in your mind and in your heart. So it's like you just imagine a place where you can just be at peace in your mind and heart. But it could be also a true could place. could be a real place where you physically mm-hmm. go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think about like where, how Jesus often got away, quote unquote, to the lonely places to pray. And so often we can't get to these safe places. We can't get... Sometimes we're in a sound booth, you know, and it's like, I can't find Jesus here. I'm freaking out. And so to visualize something, take something from like two dimensional, my, are my prayers just going into the ceiling? Mm-hmm. Like it was a, whatever the floor, but to like take it and visualize it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, continue. That's some of the safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, as you invite the Lord or a person that you're with um, can lead you to just say, Jesus, take me to a safe place where I know I can be free to be myself, hmm. you know, and and you just wait silently mm-hmm. before the Lord. Go with the first thing that comes because you might have rabbit trails, but mm-hmm. just allow <laughs> yourself to just go to that place. Mm-hmm. Notice what the surroundings are, what it's like, what the scenery is like, if there's scenery. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, the first man I did this with, he was in a spaceship with, up in, in the sky. So I I don't know how Chewbacca God's going to do it. Chewbacca was riding, probably riding shotgun. <laughs> Chewbacca, yeah, but go. God knows what's going to relate to your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. He knows how to meet each one of you on a personal level. Mm. Um, so once you have that place then and you feel safe there then invite the lord to come and be there he can be far away he can be close you have the control of that mm-hmm. so if it's if it's a little scary as it was for me when somebody asked me to do that the first time i just broke out in a whole mm-hmm. sweat because <laughs> i was just so afraid he wasn't going to come anyway yeah. you know yes. so but anyway so you can place him wherever you want and just invite him to come and then just say, okay, that's far enough or wherever. Mm-hmm. But um, then once the Lord is present, sometimes it could be an image. It could be just a sense of his presence. So there isn't a right way. But 
you will know whether he's present with you. You'll begin to feel your shoulders just kind of relax. Mm -hmm. You'll begin to feel peace in your heart, and you'll know whether he's standing behind you, in front of you, on the side of you, or holding you. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that you become aware of, and there's just this incredible feeling of, of being there. Now, if you're in a place of sadness or disappointment, you're gonna still feel those things but it's gonna be okay to feel them Mm. just because he's there. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Lord, that's what his presence is. He doesn't want you to be afraid to go into those places. So once he's there, you you, Mm. um, ask him if he has anything he wants to tell you in that place. Mm. And then you just wait and you just be silent and listen. And then if you have something you want to begin to share with him, you just start either reading your journal or sharing your heart. Tell them about what happened, whether it's that day or last year or 10 years ago. He knows the spot that you need to start sharing. Mm-hmm. And so there's no fixed thing. It's what comes up to your heart at that point. That's where you meet the Lord because mm-hmm. he brought that to your mind. And then you just share it with him. And then... You just simply ask him, you know, well, what do you feel about this? Were you sad about it? Were you happy? You're just Mm -hmm. asking him questions about that incident. How did you feel when that happened to me, Lord? What word do you have for me now? Mm -hmm. What do you want me to know about this? Mm -hmm. And listen and listen. And I know you will hear him because mm-hmm. you've invited him mm-hmm. you've invited him and if there's darkness that comes you just bind the darkness away how do you do that you just say in the name of jesus i command all darkness to step aside and we have that authority in the name of jesus the same power that raised jesus from the dead in yeah. us and we can that's what's the other verse it's about how we can tell the enemy to leave like resist the devil yeah yes yes amen yeah Mm -hmm. and one and i think as as you're talking about this safe place that it's like god wants to meet you there and and you know Mm -hmm. jesus said all who are weary and heavy burden come to me and i will give you rest and that's almost like a one of the ways that he can do that because you Mm -hmm. go to him Mm -hmm. with your weariness with whatever is this heavy burden that you've been carrying and and while you still feel it you're allowed to kind of rest in yeah, it yeah. and not be just in this ball of agitation By because yourself. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then eventually as you start speaking, as you start externalizing all this stuff that you've kept inside, yeah. it, it literally does change. It, it doesn't make it not happen. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't change what happened to you or, or the things you've gone through. But all of a sudden it's like the belief that you're holding on to about mm-hmm. yourself, about God, about the world that might've come out of that incident or been mm-hmm. reinforced by that incident is somehow reprocessed in a different way and Um, less powerful over you yes i agree matt you said it beautifully so i remember when we first did this i was having the same sort of meltdown sweat fest and i was like what if god doesn't talk to me but i was so desperate and i knew all the head answers that Mm -hmm. i was so i could have counseled myself with words the right sentences the right verses all of the things but i was so sick of all the right 
things. I needed a different experience. So why it was so critical for me is it took my head knowledge that I could just, you know, where you like say one sentence and then you can answer yourself with what's right. It took that and it, it took it from knowledge to experience. And I was having a freak out because I was like, what if God doesn't talk to me? Mm-hmm. Or what if I hear, and here's a caution is, because I had heard things that I thought were God's voice. Because you know, I believe some craziness about God that He hated me. I thought He wanted to kill me, like He wanted to squish me, that I was worthless because I wrestled with my sexuality, and this was the quote-unquote worst sin. So, how did you like be a spiritual covering for me when I was like, how, were you listening in the sense for like if I hear things that I think are God but they're not God? Like, were you ready to like step in with like? Oh heck no! <laughs> like, right, definitely. Um, that's called discernment, right? Yeah. You have gotten to know whether this is light or whether it's darkness. Yeah. And if it's darkness, it's definitely dark. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like that, die. Like yeah, yeah. So you know, and then we just you don't have to shout at him. Right. You just yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And he 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 will flee. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's critical to have someone, especially if you're still like wrestling with like who is God and what's what's he say about me, to have someone like Carolyn mm-hmm. or like Matt or like who can be kind of like the spiritual warrior <laughs> alongside of you yeah, to someone, have that discernment. Yeah. Someone that's not just going to allow you to reinforce your own false beliefs. Yeah. Yes, um, exactly. Can you speak into that? Like when when you were thinking of... I mean, you, you probably aren't thinking of yourself too often in this because that's that's the whole point. It's not about you. But when you're entering into, you know, a counseling session or when someone's coming to you to, to really work on some hard issues, mm-hmm. w- well, what is going through your head as far as like protecting the person and also making sure that what is what is heard is truthful? Mm-hmm. Well, I asked the Holy Spirit to be present with us and I command the darkness away any way that the enemy could be influencing mm-hmm. the session i tell him that he can't mm-hmm. you know and um i'm just wanting the spirit to to flow and do what he has in mind for the session mm-hmm. because i don't know how it's going to end up mm-hmm. or where where even the direction mm-hmm. until i hear the client and i hear you know, what God is telling me mm-hmm. to do. So, yeah, very much um, prayer mm. and dependency. And I know people can get a little nervous when you start saying, like, well, you tell the enemy to leave. Like, mm-hmm. we, you, we have to kind of get over the fact that we've got an enemy. Like, if mm-hmm. God is real, then the enemy is real. And there's not, like, scary, you don't have to bite our nails. Like, there's, it's just, mm-hmm. like you said, there's no shouting. We don't need to flip tables and freak out. But it's, hey, I have the authority. You're not allowed here. Like, mm-hmm. we... Well, Matt, I will pray over our house. It's not like this, like, I'm afraid. It's like, that's, no, if we're afraid of the enemy, then he's doing his job. Mm-hmm. But if we're like, no, you're, mm-hmm. this is here and no further. You're not allowed in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm, I'm going to jump in and just ask Carolyn, how do you, how can you find that? Again, I've been calling you a spiritual Dumbledore, but how do you, how do you find a counselor or a someone who can be that shield for you as you are going through that deep work? Like what can people look for um, when they're looking for a counselor? Well, Laurie, I would interview them before I even set up an appointment. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody gives you a name of a person, but I wouldn't set up an appointment for myself until I would ask, you know, to have a few minutes on the phone or could you give me a first 
lifetime visit with you um, as interview, right. more or less. And um, some counselors, you know, are willing to do that for without pay. So, however, you need to ask them, you know, what is their faith practice, and how do they integrate their faith in their therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to know, you know, is it just a bunch of Bible verses? How how do they do that mm-hmm. if they are Christian counselors? Because yeah. some don't, and they still call themselves Christian mm-hmm. counselors. They're Christian. Mm-hmm. But so what we would want to know is how does that person work? What is their philosophy of mm-hmm. Uh, counseling um, and dealing with all issues of the heart. Mm. Do they have any um, experience, personal experience with emotional trauma and mm. how to deal with emotional pain? Mm. I would want to know their experience. Is it just uh, behavioral psychology or is there an understanding of heart issues mm. and how um, to work through them? Yeah. I'm going to restate some of what you said. I'm going to use a counselor <laughs> mode on the two counselors in the room <laughs> just to, um, just for uh, people who are listening because I get a lot of questions about this. Um, so one piece is that the theology is the same. I'm always looking for someone. like I've had to interview people and say, "Are you? do you believe like I do, especially with me, with my um, wrestling with sexuality, if I go and see a counselor who is affirming, who believes that the Bible affirms same-sex marriage, that would be tough for me to go to them. Because what if I go to you and I'm like, Matt and I are having a terrible time. You you, you do have bias. Mm-hmm. So you may lead me to be like, well, this is who you are. This is where you need to go. So same theology, someone who knows they're not the smartest one in the room, <laughs> Like how I said, Carolyn, like you were dependent on the spirit and that didn't make me afraid because I was talking to you. It made me way more confident. Uh, someone who knows this heart, like the heart is the the issue. The heart is all of our issue. Uh, has journeyed with someone. So what you said, experience. So when you, when I asked you, hey, Carolyn, have you ever walked with someone? I was so scared. Like I thought I was like the only one in the wide world. And you're like, oh, Dear you, <laughs> like, no, you're not the first one. Um, someone who doesn't have orientation change as a goal, and but the goal is greater intimacy with Jesus uh, and better connections with, like, mm-hmm. yourself. Like what you're saying, like, help me feel this so I can connect to you, Jesus, mm-hmm. and with your your people around you. Mm-hmm. So your goal was intimacy, and that is, mm-hmm. I know, Matt, with every client that you meet with. Um, so we got to wrap it up here. Um, I know I have learned a lot. I feel like my heart just feels like peaceful and like warm. And I just want to reflect on this. So um, our our question of the week this week is, what is your current favorite form of prayer? So Carolyn, you mentioned like centering prayer, praying the Psalms, or it was like a short, like, help me, Jesus, like I talked about or lament. Like, what's, what's your current favorite? Um, and we're going to be talking about some of that next week. And we're going to talk about also intimacy in marriage. How do we cultivate that even in the hard times? I know. Matt's giving me a shocked face, but it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, So thanks so much for listening. Carolyn, thank you so much for coming. Oh, it's my pleasure to be with you all. Oh, you're just great. I know this was, this is a different experience, (laughs) Um, but for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast. 
The gospel is good news for everybody, every day. Check us out at himhministries.com where you can see all Matt and Lori have to offer and where you can listen to previous episodes. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes and leave us a review. And if you'd like to answer our question of the week or if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at podcast at himhministries.com.